Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Well, this might be the coolest thing I've ever seen. I love this. For real, I don't know that we'll ever make it back to the buildings, y'all. I'm sorry. This is sweet. Uh, where is Chris and Crystal? Chris and Crystal. There they are. Y'all give them a round of applause. They, uh, the two of them have helped us tremendously over the past three or four weeks. And um, Chris single-handedly with a, uh, with a scaffold and some hand tools built this by himself. And I'll tell you, like, this is, this is bigger than just a pole barn for me. There's a lot to it, and there's a lot more to that story um, with Chris. But, you know, they were, they, they were filled with the Spirit and, and found their salvation in that kitchen right over there about three weeks ago. And, uh, and, uh, and, and Yahweh sent Chris here for many reasons, but he sent him to build this. I know that sounds simple, but if you know the story, if you know what's, what's going on with this whole thing, it's, it's really incredible. And, um, you know, probably a week after the storm and we're trying to figure out the staff has gotten together and we're trying to figure out, well, what are we going to do? How's this going to look? Are we going to, you know, have gatherings around, uh, you know, around the buildings? Are we going to build something? Are we going to do a tent or whatever else? And I think either Joanne, was it Joanne? Joanne, of course, she had the idea of a pole barn. And, um, and so I was talking about it to someone and I don't even know if Chris, uh, knew, uh, my my role here at that time, but he pulled me aside and he said, "Hey man, I I heard you say pole barn, and uh, and I need to talk to you." Um, he said, "What's your story?" So I just shared with him my heart and my story and everything else. And he said, "You know, when I when I left Tampa, which is where he came from, he said I I kind of escaped Tampa coming here, and I was in the process of building a drug lord in Tampa, a pole barn. And as soon as you said that." As soon as that word came out of your mouth, pole barn, he said, Yahweh spoke to me and said that I was building a pole barn for the enemy, and it's time to build one for the kingdom. So you're sitting under the fulfillment of a vision that Yahweh put in this man's heart, and I'm so thankful that he was faithful and and has done this, and uh, I, uh, before, before the, the storm happened, I actually had, Joanne had been drawing out some designs and stuff about the time we were doing the communion, which we will pick that back up again um, as Holy Spirit leads, but we were doing the communion, and if you remember, even as we advertised it, as we said we were going to start to get together and got the word out, the idea was communion under the stars, that we would be outside, and, and we'd have that whole deal, but it, but it ended up to where we, uh, to where the, uh, the weather, whatever, you know, we were in the gymnasium, but we started to do some drawings of, of something out here because this tree that these kids are beating to death, my kids are too, so don't worry about it. But, uh, but these, uh, th- this tree, I- I've always, whenever, before the storm and stuff, I've always envisioned having something out here, like right in this spot. And so Joanne was right drawing some things up and I just thought it'd be cool to have it under this tree. And, and after the storm, I came out and 
that tree didn't look like that. There's a lot of, of, of limbs falling off, and obviously we had a ton of trees out here. And I was just like, man, I hope that tree's okay. And, uh, and, and that was what we decided. I said, well, whether it's okay or not, I just want to, let's do the pole barn right here. And I had a, a man come over to my house, and I promise I'm going a bunch of different directions, but I will eventually get back to where I was, uh, maybe get back to what I was started with. But, um, I had a man come to my house that, uh, Michael Paul had suggested. Many of you have heard me talk about the orange tree that Evan and I have in our front yard. And he came by and he said, uh, he was coming by to check it out. Cause when I came to my house, that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, not the orange tree. It was leaning over on our fence. And it's, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. You're like big deal trees now. Um, <laughs> but, but we have so much testimony and so much love and things tied into that. And, you know, and it was just, it just like got me. I was like, man, you know, I wish that orange tree was okay. So I've kind of pursued saving it and seeing what we could, the roots just looked like it was bent a little bit and it was just leaning that maybe we could get it put back up. So anyways, I needed a professional to do that, to talk to me about um, that option. And Michael Paul suggested somebody and this guy comes over and he's super nice this past week, super nice guy, very knowledgeable, but one of those, I mean, he, he so knowledgeable that he's just in love with the earth and love with the trees. I thought I was going to have to like console him and pray for him as he left <laughs> over my tree. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but one of the things we started to talk about is he said, you know, uh, it's, it's wild what this storm has done to these, these trees. He said, because, uh, these trees and just plants and everything else, he said that it's the, the, the amount of wind for those that are still living, it's blown the seeds off that, that actually send the signal to the tree that, and that mixed with the warm weather, it's that those seeds send the signal to the tree that says, you know, this is the season, tells it how to respond to that season. And whether you're wilting or you're blooming or whatever else, and it's just thrown it off so, so much. And that mixed with the warm weather, the trees and plants basically think it's springtime right now. And, uh, and I wish I, w- I could go back to the day. No, I don't. But it, I-, I wish I could go back to the day where I like just like cool story, bro, and like walk off. But immediately I just there's something there. I feel something in that and just the seasonal mentality and the seasonal thing. And I and, and he, his words were there's there's life where there should not be life right now. And, um, and man, I, I know we love to say stuff like on earth as it is in heaven, because it sounds good. It rolls off the tongue and we can, uh, put it on a bumper sticker. We can have it as our Sunday morning graphic and it just, it looks good as er, on earth as it is in heaven. But if we really believe that you have to understand that heaven doesn't move from winter, spring to summer to fall, but rather from glory to glory to glory to glory. And, and sometimes that gets spooky, but you start to think about, and when I, when I hear this guy talking about him, what is, what is going on around me that signals that, I'm, that I live a life at, on earth as it is in heaven, that I'm drawing that closer with what's in me is, a, is something that's magnetic to what's happening in heaven and pulling that into my earth. And uh, so all week I've, I've you know, I've been... For the past three weeks, I've been coming out here, and you can see our glorious, glorious trash pile out there. We have another one on the other side and another one on that side, and then all the way around here, too. So uh, if anybody wants to come grab that or knows someone that can, that'd be great. But anyways, we've been 
just wheelbarrows every single day, right, Ben? Jeff, you guys know, Jerry. I mean, just all the way up to the to the balcony is kind of what we do. We rip everything out, and when it gets to the balcony, that's when we start to shovel it out to the, and we've done about like 5,000 trips of that. So anyways, but I'm, as I'm doing that every single day for the past three weeks, I, I, I come out there with a wheelbarrow, and I'm, and I'm dumping the trash out. I look over this way. It's over there. I look over towards this, and I see new construction, and I see... All of a sudden, this tree start to bloom. And so I see a building, something being constructed on this land in a time where we're tearing everything out and down. And there's death and there's just destruction. But, but here's new construction. Here's new building and here's new life. And it's not just that this tree is not dead. It's blooming because we're responding to his presence and not the season. And I think about Yeshua when he curses the fig tree or rebukes the fig tree. And he's not just rebuking the fig tree. It's, it's, it, should not, it, should be, it shouldn't be producing fruit in that season. But he's, he's rebuking it for the decree. The decree of presence that that thing is is coming in contact with and how can we not be flourishing as a kingdom people and be living when he is this near and we're talking about his presence and we're talking about his how can there be death in us how can there be anything except blooming life and all of his creation is showing it in a time like this so this is what we're called to be in this time that's what we're called to be we're called to be a pole barn in a, in a, in a time where, man, that, I heard the banjo when I said that. God, that was twangy. Welcome to this installment of the Rock of Bay County where Brother Mark is releasing You're Called to Be a Pole Barn, his new series. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, but we are. We're called, to be, we're called to be life in the midst of darkness, Right? So I say all that to say this. Thank you, Chris, for being faithful in this time. It means more than you know. <clears throat> all right. I'm going to jump into something here real quick. Um, this is Luke 17, verse 11. It says, Yeshua traveled on toward Jerusalem and passed through the border region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one village, ten men approached him. But they kept their distance, for they were lepers. They shouted to him, Mighty Lord, our wonderful master, won't you have mercy on us and heal us? When Yeshua stopped to look at them, he spoke these words, Go to be examined by the Jewish priests. They set off, and they were healed while walking along the way. One of them, a foreigner from Samaria, when he discovered that he was completely healed, turned back to find Yeshua, shouting out joyous praises and glorifying God. When he found Yeshua, he fell down at his feet and thanked him over and over again, saying to him, you are the Messiah. So where are the other nine, Yeshua asked. Weren't there ten who were healed? They all refused to return to give thanks and give glory to God, except you, a foreigner from Samaria. Then Yeshua said to the healed man lying at his feet, arise and go. It was your faith that brought you salvation and healing. So I know you've heard this. But there's something as I was reading this about thankfulness that I that spoke to me. And there's this part in 14 where Yeshua stopped to look at them and he spoke these words, go to be examined by the Jewish priests. And in that time, that was protocol. Like that was that's what you do. If you felt healing, if you were if you felt like you had been delivered from something, you were to go to the priest 
to be examined and to be uh, confirmed. And then in that sense, they were able to, once they had been confirmed and gone through, gone through all the ceremonial. What's up, sailor? How are you? Glad to have you here. But once you had gone through all the uh, ceremonial process, then you were cleared to basically go into the house of the Lord and worship. And so when, they, when he told them to go, he was, he was basically speaking protocol to them. He was saying, go, you know, and all, along the way you'll get your healing. They all approached him the same way, Messiah, Lord, please help us, that kind of thing. And he said, go and go get confirmed by the priest. But there's one, there's one that turns around and he comes back because he experienced thankfulness, a thankfulness in a true, genuine, thankful heart that causes him to break protocol, that causes him to turn from a system, that causes him to turn from what always has been, to go towards the source of where that healing came from in the first place. And Yahweh has been speaking to me about this lately, about, about, about the gate of thanksgiving. Many of you thought or, or were here last week when I spoke about, I got up here and it was while the musicians were playing. I just woken up and I felt this, this thanksgiving. I said, I, I just feel thankful. I feel so thankful. And I'm not talking about like I'm thankful to be alive. Like I'm a thankful guy. Uh, if I've learned thankfulness, it's been from my three-year-old boy who's taught me just in the way he prays that no one taught him how to uh, about thankfulness in a way that a sermon or a book or anything else could. It's just that pure from the throne room type of deal. And, and, uh, and so I've always, I'm, I, have a, I have a great family, but this, this was something different. There was something that it really almost messed me up last week. Like I, I had to just kind of get back on that just one thing. I just kept talking about the one thing. Let me just read this scripture and then we'll move on. And, um, but it, it just, it got me and I knew it was something supernatural. And from that, Yahweh just started to speak this week to me about the gate of thanksgiving, to enter his gates with thanksgiving, that there is, and listen, I'm not a, uh, y'all know me, I'm not really the, I don't do the whole prophetic numbers, you know, we, we get Ben up here and he can go all day long and it's amazing, but I'm telling you, Yahweh's spoken to me about this, that there is a gate that we are to enter in this time. There's a key to that gate called thanksgiving. There's a key called thankfulness. And it's not, it's not by just taught stuff. It's not by just saying, I'm thankful. I'm, you know, I'm, it's good to be alive. It's great. It's a supernatural thing that is imparted only by the spirit and thankfulness along with its counter, which is fear cannot be manufactured, right? Like if you think about it, my wife and my dad, which are sitting right here, perfect. They are, they're horrible at manufacturing thankfulness. If you ever give them a gift, they can't hide it. If they're like happy about it, they're thankful, but if they're happy about it or not, look, my dad's about to get, say something. But I'm just saying, it's, it's really anybody. It's hard to manufacture, oh, I'm thankful. It's hard to just make that up and just express that, like, oh, I'm so, I'm so thankful. Like, it has to be a rooted thing. And I just see this in this story here that, that when he comes back, he says, man, this is that thing that we've been talking about. Yeshua says, arise and go. It was your faith that brought you to salvation and healing. That it wasn't, it wasn't just me. You know, that's what's crazy if you really think about this thing. This man turns back to the source from where he feels his healing come from and the man that said something. But, but what Yeshua gives him is the, he says, your faith, that which was within you, 
is what brought you your healing and your salvation. And don't you know that the other nine are going to walk through their lives and undoubtedly come to a place in their life where they do need another healing, where they do need another uh, a miracle, even if they were healed, which, you know, he says it, but not necessarily this text doesn't even say that they were healed. Maybe the one was only that really experienced supernatural healing, but say they did. There's going to be a time, there's going to be a time in our lives and their lives where they come about uh, needing something, and they're stuck in this mentality without the key of thankfulness uh, or seeing the source and being stuck in a system that they will always need to go to the system from which that healing they believe comes from. But the truth is, this man recognized the source, goes to the source, and Yeshua tells him your faith, which that word faith, I've said this many times, but that's emuna, which actually means firm action. Your firm action, your thankfulness in this story is the thing that made you well. So now this man is plugged into a well where he doesn't even need to come back to Yeshua necessarily. He just has what's within him that from every time that he, every time he comes into contact with something or some situation where he needs healing, he needs a breakthrough. It's right here. He did not walk through his life going, let me think, what church do I need to go to? I'm really struggling. What, what? What system, what protocol do I need to walk through to make sure that I receive my healing? What man do I need to find? Instead, rather, he just says, I have what, what I need, what's within me. It's what Apostle Paul taught us about Holy Spirit within us. Man, that's good. I don't want to miss, I, I told Eva this week, I've, I've written so many things down, and it's so hard to kind of bring them together to, to deliver them, so... Today I'm going to be a little bit notes driven, so forgive me. But with with the with the gate of Thanksgiving, Eva and I both have talked lately about how there's so many things lately, and maybe you felt this too. I don't know. I'm just going to speak from my experience. There's so many things lately that have been this past year, um, past few months, even the past few weeks, where it's like we know something. Like we can see something in the spirit or we even see it naturally. We're like, this, this is here. Like, I don't know why I can't unlock this. It's like there's a veil, there's a door, there's something in the way, but I know it's a promise. I know it's something. And it's like you genuinely can feel this thing alive and right there for the taking. And I believe that as we enter his gates with thanksgiving, as we allow this supernatural thanksgiving to take root in us, that's going to unlock this veil for 20, coming into 2019. I know that's, uh, I'm, I'm, people all have their 2018 new beginnings, 2019, blah, 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 2020 perfect vision, and it's going to be all over everything. I'm not into those numbers and all that kind of stuff, but what I'm saying is I know what Yahweh spoke to me, and I know as a people, as individuals, that we have got to be rooted in this thing of thanksgiving, and again, not just thankful to be alive, but true supernatural thanksgiving. I think the first way to get to that is to realize that your issue is not your circumstance. I've had to come to this. Your issue is not your circumstance. If you have an issue this morning that can be solved with a written check, it is not a true issue. But we're all in that place right now. Our issue is that we, in in this time, we've realized, I believe that many people, and, and let's just be real and honest like we always are, even us, in the midst of this kind of a storm, in the midst of this kind of a moment, we start to realize, man, what's outside Man, seems to have affected what's inside. But if we ever get the breath, Ben, if we ever get the wind of the fact that what's within us is always meant to govern what's around us, then the kingdom people rises up and is who they are called to be. 
And if we can sit here and say, you know, this might seem like I keep going back to the one thing that they read about. It might seem so, so trivial, but the only way to get back to what's within you, governing what's around you, is the one thing. David never defeated Goliath. He never defeated enemies. He never, uh, he never got the, the, the title, a man after my own heart, based on his experience or, or what he had done. It was the time in the field. It was the faithful to the one thing. That was what called him. That's why whenever we come in here and we're, we're having worship and, and praise and, 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 we're, and we're, we're coming together and I sit there and I say, you guys, like, let's shut off the talking for a moment. And I'm not even like that, but I'm asking. When we come together and we worship, I just shut it off. Hug somebody, love somebody then take this moment and to focus on the one thing as a family. Focus on him, that one thing, that only, only extravagant praise and thanksgiving can fill this right here so that really as we're called to walk in a time where everything around us is supposed to be governed by what was, is within us, that is what's built up. That is what's built up. If you focus on anything else, I'm telling you, the external will constantly come around, and it'll be a seasonal mentality. You will constantly need to be looking for what can fall on you and what you can receive, and I'm feeling down right now, and I'm up, and I'm down, and I'm up, and I'm down, and I listen to this worship song, and now I'm down because uh, I didn't get the money for my insurance claim, and it's just back and forth, back and forth, but if you start to be rooted, that the Bible talks about let your heart not be troubled. Your heart is your lab or your inner man. When it talks about your heart not being troubled, it means the literally the innermost being of who you are. What is it filled with? What source are you rooted to? What do you have within you that's governing what's around you? What is it that's drawing heaven to your earth? And I think that that is one of the most important things today, today in this time that we can, that we can do as a people and as individuals. You see, the wilderness is not the issue. Right, like we have been called to a wilderness time right now, and I and I have been uh, against that that mentality because I always see it as like a negative. We someone walk through the wilderness so that we don't have to, but this is a moment of wilderness. Sometimes this is a moment of isolation for us, right? But Yeshua, after he got beloved identity, after he was baptized, he was led into the wilderness by Holy Spirit. It, it, it changes this mentality of the devil's out to get me and he's going to tempt me and test me and all that. He, he's led by Holy Spirit into the wilderness to show his weakness. Nah. To show his strength. Come on, Donna. To show his strength. And I think that if we can come to the realization that, th- that it's not about what you've done, what you do, and how you're walking right now, but that if you remember what Isaiah says is that he cloaks us in his robes of righteousness, that it's not about what you do, it's about what you're wearing, man. Like, he, he, we are called, we are a royal priesthood, some that have been called, called beyond the circumstance, and if you let it rise up within you, I promise you that there is thankfulness, that there is, uh, that there is, a, there is a depth to you that you don't even realize at this point in time. I'm telling you, I, I, I've felt it in me. I, I, the circumstantial thing has gone away, and what, is, I'm, what I'm actually rooted in is Yeshua. Is Yeshua. And there is something that doesn't ever, ever run dry in that. We're called to be seers, and we're called to be planters in the wilderness, 
in the wilderness. This is our time. This is what you and I were designed for. We should be seeing and we should be planting because we have to get past the day-to-day mentality and start thinking generationally. Generationally, from generation to generation, from glory to glory, and you can't go into the next glory illegally. I know many of us have, just, have really thought about, man, what if I just took off for a year or two? Pop back into Bay County. First off, I don't know that most people that live here would let you back in. Um, but secondly, that's not what you are supposed to do. That's not what you're designed for. And when I sit in here and I, well, I think about a story of, that Reza told me. This came to me uh, this past week, which Reza was amazing, brought an incredible word on this past Sunday, but he, he came up to Ben and I, and he said, you know, I, uh, I had this, this, situ- this time with uh, Apostle Ball, and he told me, he, he had come to my brother, he met my brother, and a lot of you know the story, but he met my brother, and he said, you know, Apostle told him, he said, you're called to preach the gospel. And he was like, whoa, whoa, hang on, <laughs> my brother is Muslim, like, you, you're going to offend him, you don't know this. And he said to Reza, he said, Reza, I may never see the fulfillment of what I speak, though I'm faithful to speak it. And I'm telling you that what we're planting in a time like this and what we're seeing in a time like this, this this storm has caused all of us to be prophetic because you can't see what is and be happy. You need to have a vision for the future. You have to have a vision for what is to come, not what is right now. And I think about when I've been in here in this building and I've and I've been tearing up the stuff and I've and it's just daily and I know I talk about that but it is that is my, that's where we are. That's where I am every every day of the week and and uh I've I've sat there and I've thought is this is there a point to this right now? Like the time and money that it's going to take to restore buildings and to to do this on this land and 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 I look at this stuff I mean, just look at this place. And I'm just like, is it worth it? Man, I'm telling you, I close my eyes. And I hear the word that was prophesied to me when I was seated in this place. And I heard Damon say, you'll see and hear your boys running through these hallways. They'll always have a place to come. And I think about the relationships and I think about this place and what it means. And I think about everything swirling around that. And I think about when I get to sit my boys down one day and say, son, there was a storm, but your daddy was part of rebuilding. Your daddy was part of the one that said, no, what's within me is greater than what's around me. And I'm not going to be governed by, and you should never be governed by that which is around you because those storms undoubtedly will come again. But you have got to be rooted with the fulfillment of what is within you and constantly, daily focus on the one thing, the one thing that remains, the love that he has for you. That which is rooted deeply within you is what's going to govern that which is around you. And I'm telling you, man, I've just been in this this week. There is a gate of thanksgiving that is being birthed in me. I'm thankful to be a part of the history that one day we're going to look back at this time and be I was there. I know it looks good right now. I know it looks awesome. I know we've got a lot of people. I know that the buildings look great. I know that I've got my house restored. And I'm going to tell you something. Let me give you a a super news flash right now. Your normal will come back. It might not look the same way, but eventually we are getting back to normal. And like 
Caroline said, are you going to buy this time up, this moment, give your first fruits into a time of just being thankful for not what necessarily is right now, but what is to come? I mean, that's huge. That is huge. And I know that this people is rooted in that, in that knowing, in that faithfulness. Man. It is a good word. It ain't my word. It's his word. So it's great. There's a song uh, that I'm, I'm sure we'll do soon, but it's called Defender. And most of you, or not most of you, some of you might have heard this before, but I want to read the lyrics to this and I want to I do something because I believe that this is a time that Yahweh, the reason we're talking about the one thing, we're talking about the faithfulness in the field and we're talking about the seers and the planters is because this time I believe Yahweh has been calling us out to look around the crowd and look around what should be and say, that one. And it's all due to the faithfulness that we have, been, we have been in all along, all along here as a family. But it says, you go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. You come back with the head of my enemy. You come back and you call it my victory. You go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. Your love becomes my greatest defense. It leads me from the dry wilderness. And here's what I want to get to. And all I did was praise and all I did was worship. And all I did was bow down. And all I did was stay still. Man, we, we, we get so caught up in what do we do. And we focus on the next thing, honestly, because I think it's a lot easier than focusing on the one thing. The next revelation, the next word, the next system, the next day. Instead of just saying, man, this is enough for me, Yahweh. The one thing. One thing, all I did was praise, and all I did was worship, all I did was bow down, and all I did was stay still. There was nothing that I technically did to receive this glory that you've allowed me to inherit. And that right there, my friends, changes your mentality of thankfulness and realizes that you were born and designed for this moment right here. He called you. I don't care how long you've been here, and I don't care how little you have been here. You are here today, and I'm calling you and telling you this. You were designed for this moment right here. And it is time for the sons and daughters to rise up. Rise up. Righteous oaks. Man. And hallelujah, you have saved me. It's so much better your, war, your way. And hallelujah, great defender, so much better this way. You know before I do where my heart can seek to find your truth. Your mercy is the shade I'm living in. You restore my faith and hope again. And all I did was praise. And all I did was worship. All I did was bow down. And all I did was stay still. When I thought I lost me, you knew where I left me. You reintroduced me to your love. And you picked up all my pieces and put me back together because you were the defender of my heart. And I'm telling you, the defender of this, the inner man, the labe, the heart, let your heart not be troubled in a moment like this because what is within you is so much greater than what is around you. Amen? Amen. I want to do something this morning. What I've got here is not olive oil. Don't worry. Some nasty smelling stuff. I've got frankincense and I've got myrrh. Solomon said that this was the smell of the bride of, of Christ. 
Myrrh was also one of David's favorite anointing oils. And that thing, when he was, when he was called, many believe it was olive oil, but there was myrrh. And everything that he ever did, one time when he lost his, his child, he anointed himself with myrrh to restore his faith. And I believe that this is just as a prophetic gesture of, of what we're walking into in 2019 and what we're going to be rooted in as a family. I want Ben and I to just anoint every head in here. Just, y'all are going to... Uh, We'll, I'll take this side, Ben, you take this side. And I want us to go this morning with this idea, with this knowing that he chose you, that he called you, that he chose you out of the crowd. It shouldn't have been you. You didn't do anything. All you did was praise. All I did was worship and bow down and stay still and trust him. Trust that he has the final word, that he knows he who called you will also do it. He is faithful. Faithful is he who called you, who also will do it. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.